feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter, when I caught a glimpse of Rita, filling in the ticket in a little white book. And the meeting did take place with the Biden officials south of the border in Mexico. But did it produce any results? There are some readouts tonight that some of the top Biden aides, of course, it was Antony Blinken, the Secretary of State, and also Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security. The two secretaries go down, they meet with the president of Mexico, and from some of the readouts, it sounds like they had said, hey, are there some things we could do to slow the flow at the border? And the Mexican president came back with a response that he would like to see more border crossings into America open. Wow, he sounds like he is really doing his part to help the migrant crisis in America. And is there anybody out there who actually thinks these two clowns that they were actually able to make any headway and that they were actually sincere. All along, they have been saying, oh, the border is fine, it's secure, no problem there. And could it be just because there are so many headlines right now which show that in polls, the number one or number two issue for this president and his administration is immigration? A lot of people are saying, you know, it's either economy or immigration, one and two, depending on the order of the biggest concerns of Americans right now. And this comes also as there's that huge migrant caravan barreling towards our border. So what do you think this meeting was all about? Was it all just show, a dog and pony show, or was there really any sincere effort behind it. I contend it is just because it's election year coming up. We know that we are days away from 2024 and Biden knows he is tanking in the polls. And if you look at approval numbers, he has a 33% approval rating on immigration on his handling of the border. I want to know who are those 33% because I have No idea who they are. The 33% that think he's doing a good job with the border? Are you kidding me? Is there anybody out there who actually thinks that? What are your thoughts tonight on The Rita Cosby Show? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is Joe Concha, media critic, saying what he thinks this meeting today was really all about. And now we're seeing Anthony Blinken, Blinken, Alejandro Mayorkas, they're going to Mexico. It's window dressing. It's a limp attempt to show that they care about a problem that they ignored for the past three years. To your point, we have Joe Biden, who's back on vacation again. It's fine. Presidents take 
vacations during Christmas week. But the problem is that every weekend is a vacation for Joe Biden. He has spent more than 40 percent of his presidency while on vacation. He should have stopped off at the border first on his way to St. Croix, because this is now a national security issue. We've had hundreds of people that have been apprehended crossing the U.S. southern border that are on the FBI terror watch list. Those are the ones that are getting caught. What about the really skilled terrorists that can get under the radar and into the country? And if there's a terror attack in this country as a result of something coming across the U.S. southern border, it's an impeachable offense. And guess what? Even a wide open border could technically be an impeachable offense. He's not adhering to the laws of this country, the laws that are on the books, the laws towards asylum, who classifies for asylum and who does not. Uh, Why are the Republicans not talking about it in that regard? Some are, but not a lot of them. And meantime, Debbie Dingell, Congresswoman Debbie Dingell of Michigan says, Biden's really doing a great job on the border. I want to know whatever she's drinking. It's really good stuff. Okay, then we're going to have to wait and see what the Secretary of State reports to us happened in these conversations and if progress has been made. And as uh, reported, uh, we've had surges during Republican presidents, during Democratic presidents. We have seen some action happen. When we've seen pictures at the border the last few days, it clearly reinforces that we have a crisis. This is a tough issue. It has not been dealt with for decades. We've needed comprehensive immigration reform for decades. Because it's tough, it never gets resolved. And I I think President Biden is trying to show some leadership and we are going to have to deal with this and we cannot deal with it as Republicans or Democrats. We're going to have to deal with it as a Congress, come together and find solutions and get something done. Uh, That means sealing the border and just doing what President Trump was doing in place. He had remained in Mexico. He had Title 42. He gave you the tools. He teed it up for you, and you did not want it. And now we're also hearing, by the way, that the president of Mexico said, we need more money. We don't need walls. We don't need any border protection. We just need money from you. So is there anybody out there who doesn't think that the minute we give more money to Mexico, they'll just do what they've been doing all along? Use it towards whatever they want to do in the Mexican government as opposed to security because we have not seen anything so far. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Greg in New Jersey, line three. Uh, Greg, what a mess we're in. Uh, you're right. You're 100% right. And I don't even know where to start. You know, but... There's an old Italian saying, the fish stinks from the head down. How anybody can look at this Biden and say, that's the guy I want to run my country. This is a business. We're in a global economy. We're in global conflict. Look at the people that we're up against. Putin, he's a mass murdering psychopath. So is Xi Jinping and what Erdogan and all those people in the Middle East. Those are the people that we have to go up against. And we have Biden to do it. Yeah. You know what? You know what, Greg? You you hit it on the head. It's a scary, really scary time in the world. We have a president who really has no spine and he has not shown strength to any of these bad actors that you so eloquently named. I mean, Hamas, Hezbollah, add them to the list. Iran, uh, all of, of those folks. 
You know, and and weakness begets weakness. Weakness begets uh, vulnerability. And we have shown no compulsion to even protect our own borders, let alone somebody else's borders. I mean, even with Ukraine, uh, Greg, you know, and I, I've said this from day one, the minute President Biden at the White House said, well, if there's a minor incursion, maybe we won't do anything to Russia. The minute he said that, I thought, that's it, we're done. We're done because Putin's going to hear that as like, oh, a good old green flag, go through, you know, no problem. Uh, The minute you have a president that shows any sort of a weakness when you're dealing with, you know, dictatorial thugs like these, you know what? He's he is he is being walked all over. And sadly, America is being walked all over. And it has really been just sheer luck that we haven't had a mass attack, uh, whether it came through our border or whether it came to like a ship at sea. You know, luckily, we have great technology. We have great members of the military that are doing their best just like our border agents. Uh, But it's a lot of work because they're coming from all different directions now, Greg. And the scary thing is there are so many of them, and they're really bad actors, and they're all partnering up together, too. I mean, you see this new sort of access of evil, and you see China and Iran and Russia all working together. And, you know, they're probably sitting there going, you know, uh, Putin, can you believe what a sucker this Biden is? And the American people, who's voting for that guy? You know, they're probably laughing over some Russian vodka. And that saddens me, Greg, really saddens me. Your thoughts? Me too. It, it, it absolutely does. I'm just some stupid guy from New Jersey, and I can tell this Biden's a loser. Those people are very sophisticated in how they, uh, in, in how they take control of com- countries, kill people who dissent against them. You know, uh, Trump is smart in what he said. You know, these people are smart. They're smart. They're not stupid like our president. But you know what? He's not even stupid. The problem is he's, he does, he's not thinking about, you know, what's going on and, who, you know, what, what, what can I do to help these people in my country? He's thinking about how much money he's stealing, where he's putting it, who, who owes him what, who's going to tell on him, where, where is the money being kept? How, you, know, who, 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 you know, his mind is, is on that. That's where, what his mind is on. And that's why, he, you know, he's clueless when it comes to anything else. He could care less about anything. All he cares about is how much money he can stuff in his own pockets and his family pockets and not get caught. That's what he that's what's on his mind, in my opinion. Well, you know, the sad thing is, Greg, that to leave a border wide open um, and knowing that there are so many bad actors, you have, you know, uh, Christopher Ray who's the FBI director. He's a fairly low-key FBI director. He's not one of these kind of alarmist types. And even he was saying that he has never seen sort of the threat level like it is now with like a Christmas tree, describes it with bells going on in every different direction. He's never seen such a heightened environment. And you still don't do something to close the border. And then you pretend like you're doing something by sending these two guys who have done nothing but like pretend the border's secure for the last couple of years. It's actually really scary. And it, and it's so reckless, Greg. And, you know, it, and it's embarrassing. And what a contrast it is to President Trump who was very clear and they feared him. And, you know, a lot of people thought, oh, my gosh, remember when he called um, the North Korean leader Rocket Man? And the first thought was, oh, God, you know, uh, don't do that with these people. Well, guess what? He backed away. Also, when they attacked that base with the uh, U.S. contractor who was killed, then he sent a missile to the home of Soleimani, 
who was the head of the yep. Iranian Revolutionary Guard. And then the world said, oh, God, oh, my God, we're going to open a hornet's nest by doing that. Guess what happened? They calmed down because, sadly, those people need to know that maybe the person in the White House is willing to pull the trigger on them. And, and even if he doesn't do it, they have to be worried that he might do it, he or she. And if, and if they don't fear us, that's a sad place, Greg. You're right. They need to be put in their place, and only Trump can do it. I don't see any of these other people. Look at this Vivek Ramaswamy guy. He belongs in Dairy Queen somewhere. You think he can go up against any of these people? You know, where does he come off thinking that he could be the president of the United States? Do you realize how important the job that is? And, and all these other people, they're, they're, they're useless people. You know, I, 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 I have some, I guess, uh, unfair advantages in, in that I can read people pretty well. And I've, I've been around for a while. I spent some time in jails and institutions. And I, I spent some time even worse or even better in the car business where you really have to read people in like seconds, you know, and, and I'm really good at it. I, I, you know, but, but at these people, it's just so disgusting that this is the best that we can come up with uh, in terms of politicians. Look at the mayor over there. You mean to tell me that that's an honest guy? You can actually look at him and listen to him and say, oh, yeah, this is this is a guy that's going to look out for my best interest. Please. I've seen that. Well, and by the I, way, now with the mayor, you know, he's damned if you do, damned if you don't. When he started complaining about the migrants, which I think he should have done from day one. Um, but when he finally did. Then now the Biden administration's cut him off. You know, it's like, so now he's in no man's land, Greg, which is not a good place to be. Your thoughts real quick. Nah, he's he, he should have stayed home when somebody said, listen, you should run for mayor. He doesn't know. He doesn't. He can't find his own backside with both of his hands. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's a useless, worthless, helpless, feckless individual. But he does have a nice suit. <laughs> well, the, and, and listen, I'm glad he's at least sounding the alarm at least a little bit because most of the Democratic mayors are not doing that. Uh, even Mayor Johnson, who is to the left of the left of Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, he's starting to sound the alarm. The problem is, Greg, both of them are saying we need more money. They're not saying don't send the migrants. I mean, so it, it's like you're right. They're talking out of both sides of their mouth. Uh, Greg, thank you. You are terrific. You got to call back again. It was great to hear from you. Everybody, we're going to continue your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. It's the Rita Cosby Show. today, South 
south of the border. But what a bunch of hogwash that we've been hearing from the administration from day one. They know nothing. The border is fine. What are you talking about is what they say. And we estimate that there's been at least 10 million people who have entered through our southern border illegally and are here in this country thanks to this president. And there's a massive caravan that's now coming from southern Mexico to our border with about 15,000 people. Uh, So it's like a little mini city headed right now to our U.S. border. And they're like being interviewed by reporters and saying, oh, yeah, Biden said we can come in. We're on our way. Biden's inviting us. They know the deal. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina, line two. Mike, uh, this is really uh, pathetic, I think. Totally pathetic. And I agree with uh, Greg. Proud to be, Rita, second generation Italian-American. And when a fish stinks, it stinks from the head on down. Disgraziad, total disgrace. He's a pache dewey, two-faced, and he's on vacation again. 40% of his, you know, time spent is on vacation. Are you kidding me? And now, you know, China and everybody else, Russia, they're just, you know, he's a jellyfish. Like he said, no spine. Okay, they're flexing their muscles. And the number one priority, aside from everything else going on, if he wants to concentrate, hey, let's get real, Biden. You know, the border, okay? Are you taking Stunad pills? He's stupid, Stunad, and he's bringing the country down, downward spiral like never before, Rita. You know, I agree, Mike. I agree. My uh, South Carolina comrade there, because I, it is, and, <laughs> and, and it's irreversible. That's the thing that's so scary, Mike, is that. Uh, what yeah. what he has done, we will feel the repercussions, you know, maybe five years from now, maybe five months from now, somebody plans an attack and oh, yeah, I crossed through the border. Look what happened with even the 9-11 hijackers. They assimilated into America. They settled in. They kind of laid yep. low until they got the word. Uh, and then that happened. And that's why it is so dangerous. Mike, thank you very, very much. Always love your perspective. Let's go to Robert in Philly. Robert. Hey, Rita, it's good to talk to you, and I hope you had a great holiday. Yeah, I hope you Um, did, too, my friend. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, Now, me and you remember uh, Carter, and he was a a failed president. But I think that was just a guy who was in over his head, okay? I don't think he created the circumstances that led to his downfall. Biden's different. He is creating everything. This isn't just him saying, oh, my God, we got a bunch of people at the border. Let them in. When he named Kamala Harris to be the border czar, the first thing she did was flow over the border and gave a bunch of money to Guatemala, um, Nicaragua, and um, a couple other countries to help them send the people up here in an orderly fashion. We've paid for this from the beginning. And, And Robert, they're asking for more money tonight. You hit it on the head. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great law enforcement and also their families. A really powerful story and timely one. 
coming from San Diego, California, from the Customs and Border Protection officers who carefully extracted hundreds of packages from containers of jalapeno paste. In total, they found 332 packages of methamphetamine and cocaine weighing 3,684 pounds, and they were seized from a shipment. A CBP canine team alerted the officers to inspect a shipment of jalapeno paste more closely. The agents seized $10 million worth of cocaine and meth hidden in vats of jalapeno paste at an inspection site in San Diego. And the bust happened at the Ote Mesa cargo facility when canine dogs sniffed out the illicit cargo inside a commercial tractor trailer. Now, in total, again, 332 packages, and the driver was a 28-year-old man. He had a valid border crossing card, a U.S.-issued visa given to citizens and residents of Mexico. He was, needless to say, quickly turned over to Homeland Security Investigations. And the director at the Ote Mesa port said, quote, our canine teams are invaluable as a component of our counter-narcotics operations, providing a valuable and unparalleled reliable mobile detection capability. Uh, Bravo, of course, to all of our great officers on our borders protecting us, doing the best they can right now with a very difficult situation. And also to their furry friends, the canine teams, Uh, that are definitely doing incredible work and sniffed out $10 million worth of cocaine and meth in jalapeno paste at our southern border. Wow, wow, wow. And that's why I always love doing this Back the Blue segment. And boy, is it timely, given everything we are talking about at our U.S. southern border. Now, we know that a number of cities' mayors are trying to do uh, what they claim they can to stop and protect everything that's happening at the border and protect the migrants that are coming to their cities. Now, in New York, for example, they've had anywhere from 120 to about 150,000. They came out with a price tag today. This is a stunning number. From April of last year to November of this year, it has cost New York City taxpayers alone $3.1 $3.1 billion, with a B, dollars to take care of the migrants that are in the four-star hotels and the food and everything else. That is an enormous amount of money. And they're talking about 5% cuts to all the different city services to make up for the difference just because they have such a shortfall and suddenly they don't have $3.1 billion. Imagine if they just put like a little bit of that On our southern border, it would have been case closed. But no, every city in this country is now a border city as a result of the wide open southern border and northern border policy that we have seen from this president. So just a little bit ago, New York City Mayor Eric Adams said he is going to crack down on what he calls rogue migrant buses coming to New York City. He is threatening criminal charges for charter bus companies that don't follow his rules. In this executive order that he came out with today, 
It requires these charter bus companies to alert the city's emergency management office 32 hours before arriving in New York City. It also orders that there are only certain drop-off hours that you can drop off these migrants between 8.30 and noon on a day, uh, on a single day, and also at a single location. The mayor said, we can't allow people to just kind of drop off with no warning. Uh, We have to do it to have an orderly flow. And we want to make sure that these people are safe when they arrive, that it's done in an organized way, as opposed to saying, why don't you just turn the buses around? He's not saying that. But here is what he is saying when he announced the executive order today. Just last week, 14 buses arrived in a single day, the most ever recorded by officials at our intake center. We are in close contact with other cities and state leaders across the country who are seeing a similar increase in arrivals. To better coordinate these arrivals today, I'm announcing an executive order requiring charter buses transporting migrants, those often contracted by the state of Texas, to provide 32-hour notice in advance of their arrival into New York City. To make sure we have sufficient staffing, we are also requiring that these charter buses arrive only between 8.30 a.m. and 12 p.m., Monday through Friday, and to only drop off passengers at one spot unless directed otherwise by New York City Emergency Management. Failure to do so result in a Class B misdemeanor, possible fines, lawsuit, and even buses being impounded. We cannot allow buses with people needing our help to arrive without warning at any hour of day and night. This not only prevents us from providing assistance in an orderly way, it puts those who have already suffered so much in danger. You know, when he first heard that he was going to do an executive order, I thought, oh, wow, this is great. Maybe he is going to come out with some announcement that we will no longer be accepting buses. We're going to turn them around and send them to Washington, D.C., to the border czar's location or to the president's home. You know what? No, it's we want to do it in a more organized fashion so the greeting committee can all be there when the migrants arrive. Again, at a price tab that is already $3.1 billion to New York taxpayers. This is unbelievable. And it came at the same time that he was doing a press conference with Mayor Brandon Johnson. Uh, This is the guy, again, who's normally to the left of the left of Lori Lightfoot, but he's upset because now they are looking to do what New York has been doing for a while. Uh, They are putting about 200 migrants in some of these hotel rooms because they say they don't have any other space to put them. So they're putting them again at taxpayers' money in Chicago. People are not happy there. Uh, Over 200. Meanwhile, there are thousands upon thousands in New York uh, that are getting these kind of comforts. But in Chicago, they're just starting to put some of them into hotel rooms. And again, what he said was, we need more money so we can process more. And he also blames the Texas governor. Wouldn't it be nice if you heard the word Biden out of this guy's mouth? 
The technical support that we receive from the federal government, we appreciate that. Uh, work authorization to put people on a pathway to sustainability, I certainly appreciate that. And without real significant um, investment from our federal government, it won't just be the city of Chicago that won't be able to maintain this mission. It's the entire country that is now at stake. But in no way um, what the state of Texas is doing um, is helping the cause. As much as we recognize that there are challenges, significant challenges at the border, and we do need real substantive immigration reform and policies that allow us um, to have a structure and a pathway mm -hmm. um, to citizenship. But again, sending buses all over the state of Illinois and all over the country is reckless and, quite frankly, is dangerous. What about a wide open border? That's reckless. That's dangerous. I mean, they're pointing the finger at Governor Abbott for sending buses as if Texas is any more room after all of this. I mean, the amount of people that are crossing the border in Texas, that is a disaster. And so another one joins the fray. This is the Denver mayor, Mike Johnston, because he says we need more money to process more migrants, too. Yeah, I think that Denver is now ground zero for America's migrant crisis. We are at this moment now the single largest recipient city of any city in America per capita. We actually have more than two times as many migrants as the as the next city behind us based on our population. We've received more than 100 buses in the last month alone, as you mentioned, more than 35,000 over the last year. And so we are working hard to try to help those folks integrate successfully, but we are hitting real challenges. And these are the ones we've been pushing the federal government on, which is we need more resources we mostly need more work authorization and we need a coordinated entry plan so that folks that do arrive in the country can be uh, distributed to different cities around the country in the same way we did with asylees from Afghanistan or Ukraine. There is a way to manage coordinated entry of asylum seekers like this, but the current system does not work for cities on the border and cities on the inland. Uh, yeah, it's not working for Americans. And it's not working because you have the people at the top that are in the river of denial I mean, they do not even admit that the border is open. You know, we see it. We're seeing now this major caravan coming up. We're seeing it looks like a, like a city almost every day crossing the border, and they still will not admit that there's a problem. Yeah, they'd like to have some help on it, but they won't say the border's open. They seem to think that the border's just fine, but maybe it just needs a little bit of work. Uh, listen to what Bi uh, Biden, Mayorkas, Kamala Harris Corinne Jean-Pierre and more have said just in recent weeks. It is my testimony that the border is secure. The president have worked very hard to implement a strategy when it comes to the border that is humane, safe, and, and has orderly enforcement. Things are going at the border, sir. Much, better than, much, much better than you all expected. <laughs> we have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. We have responded with a model approach that has proven to work. We have taken unprecedented action over the past year and a half to secure our border. And we have a process in place to manage migrants at the border. We're working to make sure it's safe and orderly and humane. The border is closed. We agree that uh, the border is secure. We're executing a comprehensive strategy to secure our borders. One of our highest priorities is to ensure that we have a secure border. And that is what we are doing. We are stopping the flow at the border. The border is secure. Some of those lines, my jaw just dropped as I was listening to it. I'm sure yours did too. We have a model approach proven to work.
the border is closed. You just heard it over and over again. That's just a sampling. What planet are these people on? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to JC. JC, uh, we're in trouble with these people at the helm. There's no doubt about it, Rita. Uh, Biden, Joe Biden, uh, what Gary was saying. Joe Biden, he he scrambled eggs. He doesn't think about anything. They just, like, wind them up, send them them in a direction, and they tell them what to say. And as far as sending those two idiots down to the border, oh, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. First of all, that should have been done three years ago. We got... Third-rate uh, politicians, okay, we are better off sending James Carby and John Lovitz down there. At least we could laugh about it. Uh, and as far as Eric Adams is concerned, his thinking is all faulty, totally faulty. He's telling people to go to Washington to protest, so he's going to send people there so they can arrest them just like they did on January 6th. What, is he crazy? Is he going to be brought up on charges like Trump as far as his whole his whole theory about this stuff who says he can't stop the people from coming there who says he has to pay that money okay to these immigrants and by the he way and by the way not it. that money our money it's taxpayer money. money JC isn't that our isn't money. that incredible our money it's unbelievable I got to go to work every day I drive 75 miles each way I, I work 10 12 hours I'm doing it for 50 years. I get nothing, but they give it out all over the place. They're giving it out here. They're giving it out there. They're giving it out to this government, that government. Stop giving the money to government. As soon as you stop giving money to all these governments, they will fall into line. They should have left. And you know what? Nobody, nobody respects us. Do you, do you, did you hear the under rumblings of the meeting in California with Joe Biden? Okay, supposedly. Jinping went in Joe Biden's face and he said, we're going to take Taiwan and you're not going to and you better not get involved. That was the translation. Yes. He didn't say a word. And he, he didn't, didn't say, say a word. word. And, and you know what? Also, J.C., we didn't hear about it until a while after the meeting. So why? why was, right. Because it was such an embarrassment. But but you know what? I'm not surprised that if I was Xi. I'd probably say it to his face, too, and it saddens me to say that because he seems to be an appeaser-in-chief, the way he's handled Iran and so many of these other places. Uh, Xi, if I'm Xi, this is the time to do it, and that saddens me. You know, I want the best for America. I want the best for the world, but we need a strong leader who has a clear message to these folks, and you know darn well if it was Trump sitting in a crossroom, it never would have happened, you know? I mean, can you imagine if they— First of all, Xi would never have had the audacity to say it to Trump. And second of all, Trump would have told him to where to go stick it somewhere, you know? I mean, and Xi would have been like, oh, boy, this guy's crazy. Maybe we shouldn't do it, you know? But meanwhile, he's just walking all over Biden and walking all over America. And and that's really sad. That is a sad state of affair, JC. And, and we just got to pray, uh, you know, that that nobody does us harm and our and further to our allies. I mean, a lot of them already been uh, hurt by what we have seen. Israel, I'm thinking of top of the list right now. What a mess that is. Um, you see what's happening, um, you know, with Ukraine. You see what's happening in so many places of the world. And if I'm in Taiwan right now, I'm very worried because Biden hasn't said anything that would dissuade Xi from doing the plans that he said right to his face. 
Um, and what a sad place that is. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And we were just talking about President Biden's policy of appeasement to China and so much more. Also, he hasn't been responding barely at all after these more than 100 attacks from Iranian proxy groups in the Middle East. I mean, look what, uh, there were two ballistic missiles that were fired at a U.S. ship recently. And we basically just averted it and did not respond. So here is Senator Lindsey Graham saying that this president's got to grow a spine. Take a listen. This is cut 21. And this is Lindsey Graham earlier today. We're fighting the Hooties. (laughs) We beat the Germans and the Japanese. We should be able to beat the Houthis. Uh, Secretary Austin and the Biden administration is failing our troops in the field. I admire him. Uh, he's a patriot, but he's not doing a good job protecting the soldiers. I asked him a couple of months ago, Joey, what you were talking about. Is there a red line? Would you tell our enemies publicly that if you kill an American, we're coming after you? Without Iran, there are no Houthis. The Houthis are completely backed by Iran. I've been saying for six months now, hit Iran. They have oil fields out in the open. They have the um, Revolutionary Guard headquarters you can see from space. Blow it off the map. If you really want to protect American soldiers, make it real to the Ayatollah. You attack a soldier through a proxy, we're coming after And you got to wonder, uh, what if the Iranian leader looked at Joe Biden like China did and said, you know what, um... We're, we're building the bomb, and we're going to have it in two weeks, and there's nothing you could do. Joe Biden, based on what we've heard, Michael, okay. And boy, is that a sad testament. It has just been so complicit and so lackluster in his responses. Let's go to Pete, line three. Pete, uh, very concerning time. It really is, and it's troubling. Oh, yes, it is, and I'm very concerned, and yeah, without you reporting and WABC, we wouldn't even get this news. They reported nothing on the airport with that protest. And the uh, we got a shout out to the Port Authority police. I understand they had it cleared up in a matter of an hour. They the did. And by the way, you know, the Port Authority uh, is not uh, the bosses are not New York City politicians. So they have a little more liberty. And look what happens when law enforcement can do their job. You know, they arrested them and got them moved. Thank goodness. Bravo to the Port Authority police. Yes. And uh, you, I had the pleasure of hearing you at 4 o'clock at Fabos Nearly, and you were a delight and kept us informed and everything. And then along with Mr. Castellini's afterwards, it was a great day today for me to hear you. I love everybody on on WABC. But you especially, because you you. really keep us informed. And by the way, Pete, I will be on uh, tomorrow and also Friday, 4 o'clock, filling in for both nerdly, you guys. 
on 77 WABC. You can also listen on WABCradio.com. That's 4 o'clock Eastern. Obviously do my regular show with the great John Katzmatidis, Katz and Cosby at 5. And then I get to be with all of you at night, which I love so much. And we'll be back after the break talking about those protests Pete was just mentioning. 